This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi, I'm Adam Brickmans, and today we're making medicine queso dip. This recipe was made by Gunnar Enberg, a field shop writer at Harvesting Nature. He writes... Finding ways to sneak wild game into game day dishes can be challenging. On game day, most people want gluttonous, fatty, cheesy dishes that they don't eat during the week. Wild game doesn't tend to work well in those types of preparations, but here I've created the best of both worlds. A venison queso that is cheesy, creamy, silky, flavorful, and uses wild game. A good queso is hard to achieve using healthy ingredients. Anyone who knows good queso will tell you that. But hey, everything in moderation, right? I'll tell you now though, you won't be able to stop eating this stuff. This queso will be plenty flavorful as well. If not, then it needs more salt, not more taco seasoning. Add salt until it's as flavorful as you want it. I'm generally closer to 1.5 to 2 tablespoons of salt when I make this dish. Pre-cubing your Velveeta cheese will help it melt in faster. When it cools, it's also not a rock-solid hunk of cheese, and when you reheat it, it heats up just fine. No fat separation, no cheese solidifying, just pure, gluttonous, cheesy goodness here. Step up your game day appetizer dish with this venison queso. Thanks, Gunner. Once you hear this podcast, the 57th Super Bowl will have already taken place. I hope that your team was the team that won and uh, that you're uh, satisfied with the results. I've actually got a confession to make. I don't really watch football. I don't watch any sports, actually, including big games like the Super Bowl. I know, I know, I'm a monster. It just doesn't interest me, though, and pregame pop star gossip, multi-million dollar ads, and the halftime show interest me even less. Do you know what does interest me, though? food. Luckily, there's enough interesting food lore surrounding the Super Bowl to talk about today, so let's get into it. Did you know that Super Bowl Sunday is considered the second biggest food holiday in the USA after Thanksgiving? 
That's huge. And it means that, just like Thanksgiving, certain foods have become forever tied to the event. These foods, and the ingredients to make them, get bought up in the days leading up to the Super Bowl, giving us lots of fun stats released by grocery chains. It is estimated that Americans spend approximately $14.8 billion on Super Bowl parties each year, most of that being spent on food and beer. We'll get into some of the more popular foods that get eaten each year on Super Bowl Sunday, but first let's look at what people used to eat for it. The first Super Bowl event happened in 1967 in the city of Los Angeles between the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Over 60 million people tuned into the event from home, many likely inviting over family and friends, starting a yearly tradition of Super Bowl parties. Back then, it was likely that the snacks being served didn't quite match what we see today. Savory molded jellos full of mayo, hard-boiled eggs, vegetables, meats, and seafood were popular at the time, as were savory layered sandwich cakes topped with cream cheese and canned olives. This 60s fair didn't stand the test of time, but one popular item from back then certainly did, and can still be seen at Super Bowl parties across North America today. Lipton's Onion Soup Mix. Extremely popular for decades and decades now, French onion dip is made by simply mixing Lipton's onion soup mix with sour cream. Some might get fancy and add mayo or yogurt or salsa or some chopped cream onions or something, but the recipe has stayed the same for a long time. Lipton's reportedly sees a 38% increase in sales on onion soup mix leading up to the Super Bowl Sunday, and I can't imagine everyone's making soup with it. The French onion dip is usually served with rippled or ruffled potato chips that are usually just strong enough to make their way halfway through a swipe through the dip before breaking into shards and leaving you delicately picking chip bits out of the dip, hoping that no one is watching. If you do happen to get a chip with enough structural integrity to make it out of the dip bowl intact, you have to then position yourself in a half crouch directly under the chip with your mouth wide open so as not to lose any of the precariously balanced dip. Failing to do so leads to chalky stains on your shirt or a glob of dip on your friend's furniture that you walk away from while whistling innocently. I have to admit though, the stuff is pretty delicious, and others agree. Over 11 million pounds of potato chips are purchased for Super Bowl each year, many of those destined for a plunge into the ubiquitous white dip. Another food that became very popular across North America in the 1960s was chili. When Texas-born Linda B. Johnson took over as president in 1963, chili became a regular dish on the White House menu. The First Lady, Lady Bird Johnson, actually printed their chili recipe onto postcards because there was such a high demand for her to share it. Texas-style chili and the multitude of iterations that followed it have been popular ever since and have been a well-loved Super Bowl food since the very beginning. Today, a big old pot of chili will grace the tables of a high percentage of those hosting Super Bowl parties. It's easy, it cooks while you watch the game, and most importantly, it's delicious. Although they've been around since the 40s, the 1970s saw crockpots explode into popularity. Suddenly, you can make set it and forget it meals, which were perfect for events like Super Bowl Sundays, where anyone cooking would likely miss most of the game. A very popular meal to serve to party guests at that time was crock pot grape jelly meatballs. 
Meatballs would be tossed into a slow cooker along with a jar of grape jelly and maybe something like a jar of sweet chili sauce and cooked slowly all day. The result was a pile of delicious sweet and savory meatballs that could be eaten with a toothpick. This dish, or dishes very much like it, are still being served at Super Bowl parties today and that was really helped along by advances made in flash freezing in the early 1980s. Researchers found that flash freezing meats kept them nearly as tasting wholesome as fresh meats from the grocery store. Chains like the Canadian MMM meat stores that sold things like crockpot ready frozen meatballs proliferated and eventually grocery stores followed suit. Many people probably enjoyed frozen crockpot meatballs nearly identical to the ones from the 70s at their Super Bowl parties this month. Other meatball recipes have become very popular as well. In 2023, meatball recipes were the top search by football fans leading up to the Super Bowl weekend. Another big one coming out of the 70s was nachos with cheese. Created sometime in the 1940s, nachos with cheese really hit its stride in the 70s when it was combined with the newly created canned cheese. This tasty orange goop quickly found its way to baseball games where vendors sold it at food stands adorning nachos. In 1978, Monday Night Football announcer Howard Kozel was given some nachos with cheese to eat on air and suddenly football fans everywhere wanted in on the action. Queso dips also became popular and since it was served separately, kept the corn chips from getting soggy. Apparently, Americans eat 88 million pounds of cheese on the Super Bowl weekend, a lot of it of the canned variety and most of it served with nacho chips. 8.2 million pounds of tortilla and nacho chips are purchased for the weekend as well, meaning we may just be getting a 10 to 1 cheese to chip ratio on our dips. Most impressive. The 80s and 90s saw the introduction of one Super Bowl food to rule them all. The chicken wing. Buffalo wings, deep fried chicken wings tossed in a cayenne and butter sauce, were actually first created in Buffalo in the early 1960s. They slowly spread across the states and Canada, from sports bar to sports bar, becoming a synonymous thing to eat while watching sports and drinking beer. Chicken wings were the perfect bar food, easy to make, cheaper than any other meat, easy to eat, and salty enough to keep bargoers swilling beer while watching the game. By the early 80s, bars like Buffalo Wild Wings and Hooters, who specialized in serving wings and playing sports on televisions at the bar, began appearing and the chicken wing began to really take hold. In the early 90s, the Buffalo Bills went to the Super Bowl four times in a row, and that's when things really began to click. Buffalo Wings came to be inextricably connected to the Super Bowl from then on. Pizza Giants, Domino's, and Pizza Hut both quickly added buffalo wings to their menus after Buffalo's Super Bowl games, and soon chicken wings could be found in every bar and pizza chain across North America. Before the 70s, chicken wings were pretty much a throw-out meat item. Americans didn't want them, so most got shipped to China and Mexico. Those found in the States could be bought for a pittance, often less than 23 cents per pound, and the first chicken wings served at bars were given away for free just to get people to drink more beer. Nowadays, chicken wings have risen to approximately $3.90 per pound, fresh, and will often cost upwards of $18 per pound in a sports bar. That's quite the difference. The National Chicken Council estimates that consumers eat over 1.42 billion chicken wings every Super Bowl Sunday. That's well over 100 million pounds of wings. 
chicken wings have become the favorite food of Super Bowl and are purchased and eaten more than any other snack. Can you imagine people just throwing them away 50 years ago? Another Super Bowl giant emerged out of the 80s and 90s, though it existed well before that. Pizza. Considered the second most popular game day snack behind chicken wings, pizza is a Super Bowl party powerhouse. Popularized in America after World War II, pizza truly took off with the introduction of frozen varieties and the rise of fast food pizza delivery in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. The link to the Super Bowl is an easy one in that pizza is easy. Many opt for easy delivery rather than slaving away in the kitchen and missing the game. In fact, Super Bowl Sunday is the busiest day of the year for most pizza delivery restaurants. The American pizza community reports that over 12.5 million pizzas are delivered in the USA for Super Bowl every year, and no wonder why. Pizza is a universally loved food that is perfect for parties. You can order any number of combinations of toppings to suit your guests, and pizza remains a relatively inexpensive way to feed a crowd. It's become so popular that it's actually become difficult to order a pizza during kickoff. If you want to serve pizza at your party, you better plan ahead. Pepperoni still remains the American favorite in terms of toppings, but modern pizza, that rascally shapeshifter, now comes in a myriad of forms. The 1990s saw an interesting new contender for Super Bowl's favorite snack, guacamole. Before the 90s, avocados were difficult to come by in Canada and the US, but the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, signed in 1994, was followed by a veritable flood of avocados coming in from Mexico. They were new, they were cheap, and they began ripening in January, just in time for the Super Bowl. Guacamole became America's favorite snack to make with those avocados, and soon Super Bowl party spreads weren't complete without it. One could simply plunk a bowl of the easy-to-make green mush down beside the standard cheese and French onion dips, and guests could go to town with tortilla chips. Approximately 140 million pounds of avocados are mashed into guacamole for Super Bowl Sunday each year, and pre-made guacamole dip sales are on the rise. Things haven't changed too much since the 90s in terms of what people are serving in their Super Bowl spread, though some new additions to the crowd are gaining in popularity like hummus, faux meat products, veggie trays, tater tots, sliders, ribs, jalapeno poppers, Frito pie, subs, pulled pork, smoked meats, and lots of others. Meatballs, a mainstay since the 70s, is actually gaining in popularity, with many claiming that they'll soon overtake wings and pizza as a top pick. So, what are Americans drinking to wash down all this snack food? Well, beer for the most part, though soda and flavored soda waters are always popular. Americans quaff 325 million gallons of beer during the Super Bowl each year, which may be why water supply operators and sanitation engineers see a significant uptick for water demand during halftime and breaks in the game. No worries though, apparently these big flushes don't put any undue pressure on our water and sanitation systems. I guess that's a good enough segue into the last thing that gets eaten more for Super Bowl than at any other time of the year, antacids. The convenience store chain 7-Eleven reports a drastic 20% rise in sales of antacids like Tums, Rolaids, and Pepto-Bismol during the Super Bowl weekend. I guess a huge meal of meatballs, pizza, chicken wings, chips, dips, sodas, and beer will cause some gastric upset in even the most ironclad of stomachs. 
On that note, over 6% of Americans call in sick each Monday after the Super Bowl, one of the highest sick days of the year. Maybe those playing hooky overindulge in a little too much beer and pizza, or maybe they're just embarrassed that their team lost and they just couldn't face their sports team nemesis at work the next day. I hope you enjoyed your Super Bowl party this year and overindulged at least a little bit. My favorite way to overindulge at a party is by making up a big batch of Gunner's Venison Queso Dip and staying as close to it as possible until it's gone, sports game or no. This recipe makes enough to share, so be sure to invite friends, or don't. You might just be able to finish the whole thing by yourself. You'll probably need three bags of chips to serve with the dip, which takes about 40 minutes to make. Ingredients one large block of Velveeta cheese, or the equivalent from another brand. One block of cream cheese. One to two pounds of ground venison, or any other ground meat. One can of Rotel, that's canned tomatoes with chilies. One 10 ounce bag of frozen corn. Three tablespoons of taco seasoning. One eight ounce bag of shredded cheddar. 1 to 2 tablespoons of salt, 2 cups of half and half cream, 2 tablespoons of cooking oil or fat. To prepare, preheat a Dutch oven or a large pot over high heat and add the oil. After the oil shimmers and moves around freely, add ground venison and spread out to cover the entire pan. Add 2 tablespoons of taco seasoning and allow meat to brown for 2 to 3 minutes. Continue to crumble and cook the meat until fully cooked. Add the half and half, rotel, and cream cheese and reduce heat to medium. Cook, stirring, until cream cheese is fully incorporated. Add cubed Velveeta cheese, reduce heat to medium-low, and cook until cheese is fully melted. Add the frozen corn and allow to heat through. Add the shredded cheddar and stir until melted. Add one tablespoon of salt and stir in. Taste. If more salt is needed, add it. The queso should be plenty flavorful. Serve hot and with your favorite corn chips and enjoy. For more great wild fish and game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Harvesting Nature's Wild Fish and Game podcast.